You're listening to the Employment Rights Online podcast, where we discuss everything employment rights and the job. Hi there. I hope you're having a positive employment rights week. This week, as we try to deal with the confusion in government advice about everybody getting back to work without any consideration for the impact of government's own social distancing policy, we don't seem to have any steer about how to deal with the significantly reduced numbers of people who can be in an office at any one time. And we're still confused. But in any case, here at Employment Rights Online, we continue our series of podcasts looking at the different types of paid and unpaid leave that you may be entitled to. It's about creating an informed workforce that can advocate for employment rights as early as possible. Because if you can do this as workers, then you're more likely to be ahead of any attempts to undermine your employment rights. Okay, so this week we continue our series looking at the different types of paid and unpaid leave that you may be entitled to linked to the three types of contracts we've been looking at. That's permanent employees, IR35 workers and every other type of worker or irregular worker contracts. So this week we're looking at what you need to know about maternity leave as an employee, IR35 worker or any other type of worker or irregular worker. So starting with workers who are permanent employees, remember if you have a permanent contract of employment this gives you the most employment rights of any worker. If you need to take maternity leave then you'll be entitled to 52 weeks maternity leave. The first 26 weeks is classed as ordinary maternity leave and the last 26 weeks is classed as additional maternity leave. The earliest you can take your maternity leave is 11 weeks before the expected week of childbirth unless the baby is born early and all employees must take at least two weeks maternity leave after the birth of the baby and the statutory level of leave that must be taken after the birth extends to four weeks if you're a factory worker. So two weeks if you're an ordinary employee, four weeks if you're a factory worker and you also have the right to return to your old job after your maternity leave. Okay so with maternity leave there is also maternity pay, which you receive whilst you are off on leave. However, some employees will not qualify for both maternity leave and maternity pay because there's an eligibility criteria that must be met. To get statutory maternity leave, remember that's 52 weeks of leave, you must have a contract of employment 
It doesn't matter how long you have worked for your employer because there is no qualifying length of service if you are an employee and once you have a contract of employment. But in order to get maternity pay, you must have been continuously employed by your employer for 26 weeks up to any day in your qualifying week, which must be the 15th week before the birth of your baby. You must also have been earning at least £120 per week gross in any eight-week period of that 26 weeks qualifying period. And that 26 weeks qualifying period at £120 per week can go up to your 15th week of pregnancy. So, in effect, as long as you've got eight weeks of the 26 weeks where you've earned £120 consistently every week before the 15th week of your pregnancy, then you qualify for maternity pay if you're an employee. However, if you don't meet the £120 per week qualifying level, it doesn't mean that you won't qualify for maternity leave and maternity pay. For example, if your weekly pay was paid under the job retention scheme and the 80% that you were paid took you under the £120 a week level, then this is something that won't automatically disqualify you. And instead, your employer will need to check with your HR department or with HMRC because you may still qualify for your maternity pay. Now, another eligibility factor is that you must give your employer proof that you're pregnant. And this will usually come in the form of what's called a MAT-B1 form which is a medical form that is given to you to prove that you are pregnant. And it's signed off either by your GP or your midwife. But having the form is not enough to make sure that you qualify for your maternity leave. Then at least 15 weeks before your expected date of delivery, you must also let your employer know the date your baby is due. And in providing your employer with the date your baby is due, you can give the employer the MAP-B1 form and that will suffice. You also have to tell your employer the date you want to start your maternity leave. Although in giving that date, the date isn't set in stone and can be changed as long as you give your employer 28 days notice. Giving your employer the correct notice is important. And if this statutory requirement isn't done, your employer can refuse to pay you your statutory maternity pay. It's difficult to deny you that pay, especially if you're an employee. But your employer can delay it or deny it if you don't follow the eligibility guidelines. So, Once you've given your employer the MAP-B1 as proof of your pregnancy and you've told your employer when you want to start your maternity leave, your employer must then confirm when your maternity leave will start and the date when you are expected back to work. And your employer must give you this information within 28 days of the date you notified your employer about your due date. Once notified, your employer cannot refuse you maternity leave 
and cannot change the amount of leave you want to take. Now, I'm not saying employers don't do this because they do. What I'm saying is that your employment rights will cover you if your employer pulls these kinds of moves and tries to deny you the right to take your maternity leave or to give you your maternity pay if you're an employee. Now, once your employer calculates the date you are due back to work, you can change that date to come back to work earlier, but you must give your employer eight weeks notice that you want to change your return to work date. And usually people come back earlier. They don't come back later. Okay, so once you've passed all that eligibility criteria, you're entitled to be paid your maternity pay. Your payment is going to be made up of two types of pay. As an employee, you're entitled to have 39 weeks of your 52 weeks maternity leave paid. The first six weeks are paid at 90% of your average weekly earnings before tax. And the remaining 33 weeks are paid at £151.20 per week or 90% of your average earnings, whichever is the lowest. And of course, tax and national insurance both have to be deducted from those payments before you get them. Now, if baby is born early, your maternity leave and payments will start the day after the baby is born. But you must, not may, but must give your employer a copy of your baby's birth certificate or an official hospital or GP document that's signed by an appropriate health professional which also evidences baby's date of birth. Now, while you're pregnant, you are also entitled to paid time off to attend antenatal appointments and any other appointments recommended by your healthcare team. You do need to ask permission to attend each appointment and your employer must be reasonable in letting you attend appointments during work time especially if those appointments are recommended by your health team. Now, it is known that some employers will make you try and get those appointments outside of working hours. And the employer can do that if it's a reasonable business request. But equally, if your healthcare professionals have given you an appointment and say that that appointment is in work time, then the employer is expected to behave reasonably in letting you attend. Now, unfortunately, if your baby dies during your pregnancy or is stillborn, you still qualify for maternity leave and or maternity pay, particularly if your baby is stillborn or dies after the 24th week of pregnancy or if your baby dies after being born. And it's important to note that because at that time you still need that leave in order to have time to work through the impact of that traumatic event. Okay, so what we've just described is the legal entitlement that your employer must give you if you're pregnant providing you meet the eligibility criteria if you're an employee. 
Now, of course, as an employee, you may work for an employer who offers an enhanced maternity scheme. And in that case, the employer will offer the basic statutory entitlement, which we've just gone through. But they'll also offer more things on top of that so that you end up with an enhanced maternity scheme. Now, if this is the case for you, then you'll need to look at your contract to find out what you're entitled to. And employment law says that your employer must, not may, but must make sure these enhanced policies and rights are clear and visible and available to staff so you can familiarise yourself with your enhanced rights. It shouldn't be a secret and you shouldn't have to hunt for it. Now, if you're the biological father of the baby or the partner of the baby's mother, then you're entitled to one or two weeks of paternity leave when your baby is born. And you can only take this leave in blocks of a week at a time. So you can't split it up and take a day here or two days there. You can only take a week off at a time or even two weeks together. To qualify for paternity leave, you need to have been working for the same employer for at least 26 weeks by the end of the 15th week before your baby is due. Now, you don't have to be married to your partner to qualify for this leave, but you do have to be responsible for the baby's upbringing and you do have to understand that it is your wish to take time off to care for the baby and to support your partner. And you have to state this. So to qualify for paternity leave, you have to give your employer notice by the 15th week before baby is due that you would like to take your paternity leave and you also need to tell your employer that you are entitled to paternity leave and that you are taking your leave to support the mother of the child or to care for the child. You also have to tell your employer when the baby is due, the date you would like to take your paternity leave and whether you would like to take one or two weeks leave. You can take your paternity leave from the day the baby is born or starting from a date that you have agreed in advance with your employer. And you must take your leave within 56 days of the birth of your baby, or you will lose it. In terms of the pay you will receive, you'll be entitled to statutory maternity pay. And to qualify for this pay, you must keep working for your employer right up to the date of the birth of your baby. And you must be earning an average of at least £120 a week. So having gone through the main entitlement for maternity leave and maternity pay for employees, let's take a quick look at the entitlement for workers. As an agency worker, if your agency is your employer, and that is important, if your agency is your employer, then you qualify for the same pregnancy rights as employees after working for your employer for 12 weeks. If you are an IR35 worker, in this situation, for example, you need to check your rights. Because remember, you have more rights if you're classed as an employee or if you are employed 
than you do if you are a worker. But each contract is different, so you have to check. If you're a worker who works for an agency, or you're a casual worker, or you're on a zero hours contract, you don't have the right to take maternity leave, and you don't have the right to return to your own job after your maternity leave. But by law, you must take at least two weeks off after having your baby, and that time is extended to four weeks off if you work in a factory. You are entitled to take that time off, even if you don't qualify for maternity leave. And in your situation, you may have to enter into negotiations with your employer for more time off. But that two-week time off period is part of your employment rights and it extends to four weeks off if you work in a factory. Now, you may still be entitled to statutory maternity pay even if you're not entitled to maternity leave. But you will have to meet the same qualifying conditions that employees have to meet. And we spoke about those earlier in the podcast. But if you don't qualify for statutory maternity pay, you may be entitled to a maternity allowance payment, which you can claim from the government rather than your employer. Now, later on in the podcast series, we'll do a special edition on pregnancy discrimination because it is important to understand that if your rights are infringed as an employee or a worker who is pregnant or as a partner of somebody who is pregnant, there are laws to protect you. But that episode will be later on in the podcast series. And that's it for this week. We've gone through a brief look at time off for pregnancy, looking at the rights of employees, IR35 workers and irregular workers. If you feel that you've been denied your maternity time off rights, the first thing you need to consider is submitting a complaint or a grievance to ask your employer to look at the issue. To help you with this, we've included in the podcast notes for this episode some grievance templates that you can use to help you write your grievance letter. Just scroll down to the bottom of the show notes where you're listening to this podcast and press the See More button and you will see some live links that will take you to some helpful grievance support templates and other information that you might find helpful. We hope you find something useful that you can work with from this week's episode. Remember to let others know we are here by sharing our content and leaving us a review about the podcast. And you can leave that review on iTunes or anywhere else where you're listening. And there are some links in the show notes to help you with that too. We'd love to know what you think. For now... We'll be here next week to continue with our podcast series on paid and unpaid time off. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.